Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book artist, writer, animator, and fabulously fun person, Bryony Evans, about what comics she would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a shout-out to Tom from the That Comic Smell podcast, who noticed that we had a P missing from the apocalypse in our artwork. So thanks a lot, mate. Your superior observational skills are very much appreciated. Also, if you do enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that I'm doing a good job, but I believe that it helps others aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Bryony Evans. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's a real pleasure to have you on Comics for the Apocalypse. Um, And for anybody that doesn't know, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, So I'm part of a uh, five-friend collective uh, called Wine and Zine. So that's with uh, four of my other friends uh, from university. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've already done like one narrative comic, but we um, were like multiple print collectives. So um, our last one that came out was the Wine and Zine anthology. So that was just our little test of baby to see if we could actually do a narrative <laughs> and if mm-hmm. it was uh, feasible. So and it had really like really, really good reviews. So we're definitely going to do some more of that. But I think we're all sort of working on our own things this year. So maybe the year after that, we'll have uh, volume two. Excellent. And where can people find that? Uh, so for Wine and Zine, uh, we have a website, which basically is just our hub, uh, which is our store and anything you want to find about us, all our links and stuff are there. And uh, we also have a podcast as well. Uh, so you can find that there as well and that's uh wine and zine um wine and zine shop dot big cartel let me check actually <laughs> this is really oh, it's okay <laughs> honestly there are so many links to remember in the i know but i've said this days, a thousand but... times i should really know what the website is <laughs> <laughs> let's have a look oh yeah okay sweet so it's uh wine and zine dot uh big cartel dot com perfect nice and simple excellent um and and for anybody who wants to go check that out that's that isn't will be in the show notes so you can just click through on that um well as i was saying thank you so much for being on comics for the apocalypse um and after your your random number choice um i'm afraid that there's an asteroid coming towards earth Oh, no. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. That's great. Um, <laughs> so I've got two questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say that it comes up on the news that in a week's time, this massive asteroid is going to hit the Earth. What are you going to do? And then the, the, the second question is, what do you do when the asteroid actually hits? Oh, man. Okay, so... So what's, I mean, what's, what's your reaction when you've kind be, of got a, a week it, oh, left for this asteroid to hit Earth? I mean, after a little cry, <laughs> I would probably just, <laughs> like, get get on a plane. Somehow, if planes are still running, 
back to the UK and I'll just just party with some friends and then you know have a little hug with my gran uh see my fam and I'll probably party some more with my friends at the end then as well <laughs> just yeah. go to the pub <laughs> so like yeah. somehow the pubs are still running and oh, I'm people... sure they would be yeah, I think they're, they're, they're probably pretty lax, but <laughs> yeah, they won't be. They won't be staffed. Everybody will be helping themselves, but you know, that, that's the that's the fun of it. I think. Um, yeah, have some board games probably as well. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah I'd, I'd probably just do the things I most enjoy. Nice. Like somehow, it just the asteroid wouldn't affect. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just carry on. <laughs> yeah, do an Excellent. escape room. <laughs> And so no 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 preparation for for the aftermath. Oh, if there is an aftermath, that'd be great. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you do survive the asteroid hit because it hits the opposite side of the globe. But obviously, oh, that's it. I know it sucks. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm afraid it it kind of hits. Um, okay. let, let's say the middle of Australia. Um, so okay. le- oh, least population. Oh, <laughs> no. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's had minimal uh kind of instant deaths, but um obviously that has a massive impact on the uh on glo- on the globe. We kind of go into a into an ice age basically. Um Okay. Right. And, uh, and all of that yeah. jazz. So what's your um your plan from there? Because society <laughs> started to break down as well. Oh man, sounds like an episode from Devil Man Cry Baby. <laughs> it's like halfway through the show. Just anarchy. Um, well, I guess, I, I guess if like you know the whole thing, whenever there's like end of the world, if if there's not like a common enemy, which I guess is just the asteroid, I guess yeah. I'd like to hopefully think everyone would work really hard together and rebuild. Yeah, that would be like a really optimistic view. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, um, in great times of. Uh, <laughs> of disaster hopefully there'll be great you know hope <laughs> excellent so you'd rally people together yeah hopefully. i mean if the worst has happened hopefully you know people can work together this is like obviously i know this is not what's gonna happen but but great it's my <laughs> answer i could say whatever i want <laughs> yeah i tell you that's everyone everyone just works together and rebuilds whatever they can from whatever they got um yeah, I guess maybe for a few years it'd probably be a bit Mad Maxi though, mm. with um, people collecting scraps and stuff. Yeah, would be a little bit, um, because uh, obviously uh, farming uh, goes downhill because uh, most of the globe is in an ice age, um, and so it becomes yeah. very difficult, and food becomes okay. very scarce. So the odd bit of cannibalism is needed. So uh, I mean, be. yeah, but I mean, for the greater good, whatever you know. <laughs> Sure, sure. Awesome, straight in there. Um, so I, I, I'm imagining in my head now that you're kind of this this leader who kind of has some part time cannibalism going on. I mean, I don't condone the cab- cab- cannibalism, yeah, but obviously. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a few tribe members just, you know, went off the looked, rails. Looked, looked at Jack and goes, "Oh, he looks." Well, he's had a, you know he had some burgers in his time and just Jeff's not there the next day <laughs> excellent so you won't tolerate it as a leader um generally from history it does not turn out well when people no. start eating each other Definitely. um 
unfortunately there's quite a few examples of it but um i've listened to a few podcasts where uh, cannibalism's turned up and generally it doesn't end well <laughs> even no. no matter how hungry people get um the aftermath is not great <laughs> so i'd be like no <laughs> eat some eat some grass or something <laughs> yes. eat something proper yeah um, fantastic so um what i'm imagining now is that you're kind of this this leader on like a, a hill fort um and uh you're you're all round a campfire one night and the, mm-hmm. and the topic of comics comes up because ah, your your profession comes up of, of of what you used to do before the asteroid oh, um, explaining to the children like the old yes. art form made of trees oh flat <laughs> trees <imagine>. children <laughs> flat trees <laughs> and, and the first question that comes up is what's what's the first comic you remember enjoying <clears throat> Um, so the first, I had to think if I read any as a child and I don't think I did. I wasn't into Beano or anything like Mm. that. So I think I sort of skipped the whole childhood comic reading phase. Um, and when I discovered Shonen Jump for the first time, that was like, um, that started something. Awesome. <laughs> um, so anyone who doesn't know what Shonen Jump is, um, it's like a huge um, catalogue of the most up-to-date um, action manga. Um, and I've discovered... I don't even know how I discovered it. Because um, um, I had to travel all the way to Cardiff, which was like an hour and 20 minutes in the car. Wow. Um, so and you know there was no ordering stuff off the internet in those days so or even online manga like now I could just you know find it online and stuff but um well I guess if it's the apocalypse there's no online but that's another story children uh (laughs) but yeah like uh, I had to travel a fair bit to get to it but I I really liked it because um I was really into Shaman King at the time um and that that's a, that was a manga by um, oh, Hiroyuki Hiro Taiki Taiki oh man all oh, the foreign names are gonna are not gonna end well. <laughs> um, <laughs> did well there, it sounded good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was really into the anime, and it was on like after school, and me and my friend we just loved it. And then um, then I discovered there was a manga, and I was really into that. I just loved the um, the art style like the really like slick pen moves like it, it was really like sort of like you could tell it was drawn with a ballpoint pen kind of thing um and yeah I was oh, I just really loved that manga when I was a kid it's about this uh this young boy called Yo and uh, he wants to be the shaman king so it's um the shaman king is someone who will like connect with the great spirit and they'll reshape the world the way they wish it to be so there's like a tournament uh, once every like hundred years or something, um, and he's one of the contenders. So it's basically just a you know tournament esque uh, fighting um, series. Uh, but I just all characters are really crazy and um, yeah. So that was like the first sort of oh I really want to read this thing because yeah. I wasn't really and that how old were you there. Ooh, let me think. Um, it was definitely in school, right? And it was it was after Pokemon, and it was after Digimon, and it was after Cardcaptor Sakura. So I think I would have been 
maybe about 13. Great. I love, I, I love those stages. Oh, <laughs> you know, was, is that, is that was, a Pokemon uh, Digimon <laughs> card captors? I mean, I, I left out great. Yu-Gi-Oh! And <laughs> oh, all of that. Yeah, Lady, sure. All the really bad. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, Shaman, Shaman King was like, I don't think it's really, you know, stood the test of time much as a, you know, in an anime sense, but I, mm. I loved it when I was when I was young. And when I found out there was like a manga of it, I was like, whoa. So, and yeah, so it showed a jump. It all had all kinds of stuff in it as well. Um, did also have Yu-Gi-Oh in it as well, but. <laughs> and uh, Dragon Ball Z, but I wasn't that into Dragon Ball Z. Um, Didn't kind of jump out at you? No, their faces used to creep me out a lot. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> like, intense. They're, yeah, the very angry brows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was more into um, the stories where it was like like younger kids protagonists, so I could just sort of mm. jump in their shoes, and yeah, that was more appealing for me when I was younger. Excellent. I'm gonna say the next question that comes up around the campfire is, uh, what was the funniest or comic that made you laugh out loud the most? Yeah, this was a hard one. I think a lot of people might find this a bit tricky because laugh out loud. A lot of comics, uh, I find, yeah, they find it quite hard to do that. Um, it's different with comic strips, like, you know, little web mm. comic strips. I could list a thousand of those. Um, but an actual, like, physical comic, I found it. I was like, oh, yeah, which one's maybe, like like laugh um and the closest I got to was uh Giant Days by John Allison great and I just absolutely love that series to bits um I discovered it after I graduated but it just made me feel very nostalgic um mm. of university life so it's about yeah. like these three friends and um who become friends in university uh Esther, Susan and Daisy um I also just really liked how it was set in Britain because yeah. um, especially stuff that's trying to be funny a lot of them are American comics um, so to see like a British one where I like I don't know I could just tell it wasn't American I was like oh like I don't know the mm. I think it's even set in Leeds or something is it yeah it's just know. the way the way they were speaking and the um, the architecture um, I was like it sort of didn't clock on until they went outside and I was like mm. Oh wait a minute! That's, that's Britain. Yeah. <laughs> American houses aren't that small. Yeah, they're driving on the left. And... Yeah. So um, yeah, it just made me feel really um, nostalgic. Like I really, I just love the whole reading about university life, and you know all the potential it has of these characters, like you know leaving home for the first time, and you know, and all the characters are really well established and charming as well like um like susan's just an asshole and i love her um, <laughs> brilliant <laughs> really strong-headed daisy's just a very adorable uh naive uh girl um and also um i think she's either uh bio gay I, I can't quite remember i'm not up to date um mm. but that was really nice just seeing that sort of uh side represented and not her being like a cliche um mm gay person like they're right they're always really depicted very promiscuous and and all that kind of stuff where she's just like a really sweet girl so that was that was really refreshing to see that character trait as well 
Great. Um, and then Esther, who's a total goth. Um, <laughs> and I love her as well because I was also a total goth, not in uni, but in school. So I was like, Brilliant. yes, <laughs> I know where you, she got those boots. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You Did you actually recognise the boots? Oh, they were definitely from Blue Banana. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, so the, the, the next topic that comes up is, what was the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? <laughs> this this I could answer straight away, because um, it's the comic that took me the longest to read, because I just knew I wasn't going to have a good time. <laughs> wow. Um, so the saddest is Habibi by uh, Craig Thompson. I don't know if you know Craig Thompson's work. Uh, he's an amazing draftsman. Like his work is just very masterfully crafted. Um, just with ink. it's all it's all just black and white, just black ink. Um, but the detail is just crazy, um, mm. and the how big his comics are, are is also crazy. Um, I I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Um, I think he must have some sort of arm strain at the end of it and need to just rest it for like a few months or something. But um, Habibi is basically like, so the word Habibi means um, beloved in Arabic. Um, So it's a tale, uh, it's a very dark tale uh, set in, uh, I think it's, it's either Afghanistan, oh, it might be actually a, I'm not sure if it's a made-up country now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, actually, maybe cut that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, in in an Arab country, um, and it's um, it's just about these characters trying to just survive and like in this and like desperately just trying to live, like not even live, just literally survive in this like horrific um, time and society that they live in. Uh, so it starts with the, a boy and a girl. Um, I should have written more notes. I can't remember the names. <laughs> this is really bad. Um, oh, wait, how young? I did write it down. Um, you do have it, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's about these two characters, uh, Dodala and Zam. And it just follows them just, just, trying, just trying to live their lives. So they start off, um when they're children and they meet and then they get separated and oh, especially the girl man like a lot of people um give it a really bad review purely because it's just too much um like everything that's like a trigger warning is just in this book basically like everything awful that can happen to a human pretty much happens to both of them like like the whole shebang was there's like heavy poverty, there's like sexual abuse, there's uh, genitalia mutilation, there's like wow. racism, there's lots of rape, lots and lots of rape. So right. it's, uh, but you know, it's not it just is upsetting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing how the characters keep going. Mm. Um, and then, the, but just the, um, you know, like at the end of it, it's meant to be a, you know, a positive um outcome uh initially with the you know they 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 keep going like and you know just yeah just just all the bad things that could possibly happen just I was almost angry with like Craig Thompson I was like just give them a, give them 
him a break, man. Like, come on. You've been through so much. Um, and I think that's why, well, kept me reading was just I wanted to know, like, God, what possibly, how could it get worse? Um, but, you know, I knew it might have gotten worse. So I had to really be in the right mindset because I knew I wasn't going to feel great after reading it as well. Um, and especially with Craig Thompson, I don't love the way he depicts women. Um, I feel like he angelicifies them quite a lot. Um, like you can tell a man wrote it, basically, I guess, from right, the yeah. woman character's perspective. Um, but like, it's an absolutely gorgeous book. Like, I would just spend ages looking at one page at the, the mass amount of detail, and like, he uses um, uh, like the type of language as well in Arabic culture. Like, like poetry is like a big part of it. It's it's a really like mesmerizing read, um, especially when there's pages like, you know, an upsetting page maybe when, like, someone's getting tortured or they're going through either a physical or a, you know, a big a mental abusive time. He just does this spread on this page and it's just so powerful. Like, no words. It's just really, really powerful. But it is very upsetting. So mm. I would say, like, for people that, you know, can easily get triggered or, you know, just don't want to get involved with that kind of content, this is not the book for you. But if they kind of, you know, yeah, it's a weird one to recommend because it's like, it's a good book, but it's just not a fun time. <laughs> it's all. a challenge. It's a challenge. I mean, maybe start off with them um, blank. If you're going to read his stuff, which I think everyone should, he's just an amazing draftsman. Right. Start with blankets. Um, cool. That's a lot easier to digest. Um, mm. And if you, if you're more, if you finish, and that's still a big, hefty lump of work. Um, like you just do it and you're like one person did this like what <laughs> like <laughs> and he's making more it's like, it's crazy um so I recommend blankets and if you can get through that um and you're thinking oh can do I want a really really dark version of this with like um a very old Arabic setting um then give her BB a go but it's I would. I, I read Blankets first, and then I jump into her BB, and I'm sort of glad right. I did it in that order. So yeah, that that's um, that's a hard. That's a, just a sad one, man. So so many sad. It didn't make me cry, right? Um, but it just made me feel like sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> About humanity multiple times. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, that's uh, that's hardcore. But yeah, it's, I think it's important to kind of approach these uh, these emotions and these things. Um, mm, and particularly yeah. through through comics, um, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good tip, kind of to ease yourself into it from going from blankets to Habibi. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the next um, topic that comes up is what's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Okay, so I don't actually read any horror genre. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I haven't even read, like, Walking Dead or anything like that. Um, so I had to think about uh, what sort of shook me. And I was thinking of mentioning, um, like, one of Emily Carroll's um, comics because her stuff is super creeps. Mm. Um, like, I do get chills down my spine reading her stuff. But mm. um, I thought I'd mention one that actually haunted me a bit more. And it's more to do with just my personal situation. 
Um, it's a really weird, but I don't know if anyone's even heard of this series. Um, so it's Strangers in Paradise by Terry Moore. Right, yeah, I, um, I haven't heard of that. I haven't. Um, I don't. My a friend basically just had them all. Um, and right. just recommend like she was it was sort of a good way to make friends <laughs> she was like I'll read this book and I was like oh okay so I, I it's just a really weird series um it's about um yeah that's just the best way it's just weird <laughs> like it's not it's not good it's not bad it's just, just weird um so it's about these two um women uh called Kachu and uh Francine and they sort of have a bit of a like will they won't they kind of relationship um and like so it's a bit of like our soap opera kind of uh setup where but then there's this whole spy <laughs> like sub side wow. story like okay. like could choose like this assassin like retired assassin and it's i don't know it was like well this isn't where i thought it was going okay um and then there's this other guy, David, who's basically just the biggest third wheel of third wheels ever. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but basically at the, like, right at the end in the last uh, volume, one of the characters dies, like, horrifically. Um, and it's not, like, horrifically in the sense of, like, you know, like, like gory or they just have, like, a, a brain aneurysm and they just... Wow. clonk their head on the floor in the bathroom uh which i found terrifying because i was like oh that can happen to anyone <laughs> that's horrific yeah. and uh it was just the panel like you turn the page and it was just a close above his face and his eyes were in slightly different directions oh i know yeah i was I not, not in a goofy way in a like oh his brain's not working yeah it was ugh. and the reason i found that extra horrifying is because there was a person who, when I used to get the bus to work, there was a person that used to wait, you know, just someone going to work as well. They looked exactly like this character that had died. Like, their haircut was the same, and they were the same age. And I was like, I know what you look like when you die. (laughs) So that's what I was just thinking for the, you know, the next, like, two weeks or something. Because that's a stupid page. So... Yeah, that's a really specific thing. So that's more to do with, you know, on top of, oh, that's a horrible thing. Um, and then on top of that, there was just someone who unfortunately, re- like, looked similar to the character. And then it, it kept reminding me of that page. And I was like, oh, no, I can't get it out of my head. Um, so that was the scariest thing I think I've read, was Strangers in Paradise. And who was the author, sorry? Uh, Terry Moore. Terry Moore. Great. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like the first... It's a really weird sh- uh, series where the first volume is a totally different style. It's way more cartoony, and then it's a lot more honed in and uh, anatomically correct later on. So right. it's really weird looking first volume to like the last one. Like it, I think he was just making the show about these characters he really liked, and then it just sort of grew into this crazy soap opera spy assassin love triangle. It's really weird. It's just really weird. Sounds interesting. Um, Yeah. But uh, horrifying at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Because it came out of, like, nowhere. It just just happened. And then you turn the page, you're like, oh, God. (laughs) And, you know, I mainly read comics, like, when I'm about to go to bed. So that's the last thing my brain processed before I decide to go into sleep mode. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. In your nightmares, yeah. (laughs) 
terrible. Yeah. Um, and so the uh, they, they they the the group tried to uh, move the conversation on quickly mm-hmm. from that to uh, something a bit more uh, philosophical. Of uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Yeah, I had a really hard time <laughs> coming to think of this one. Um, Oh, yeah, like, I think I just change my mind all the time with this kind of question. Sure. So I tried to just think of a comic that sort of had an effect on me first, I guess. Um, and I think the com- like uh, the comic that I, re- I just remember plowing through it, like reading it like the fastest I've ever read a comic. Um, and that was Anya's Ghost by uh, Vera Bro- uh, Um and I read it like it's a story about uh, this girl uh, Anya and she's like a, a Russian immigrant living in America um, in like high school and she has like no friends and she just wants to fit in and you know maybe be a bit popular um, so it, and then she one day she just falls in this hole uh, by accident um, like like a full-on well kind of shaped hole wow. um, and that's where she meets Emily um who's a ghost uh about the same age as her and it's just her skeletons in the bottom of the well and then her ghost just sort of floats up and and then they're like oh we we can be friends because emily hasn't got any friends either so um she takes a bit of her uh bone with her so she can leave the well um and then yeah stuff starts to go a bit wrong (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, but yeah, like, um, I first picked this book up, I think, at Thought Bubble, um, in like 2014, and I just remember reading it, like, on the train back, and then when I finished it, I was like, how did I finish that book already? Like, I haven't even gotten Mm. off the train. Like, what? I read it all on the train. Uh, Which, to be fair, was a long train journey, but I was just, I know, surprised how quickly I read it. Um, and also disappointed when I finished it. I was like, oh no, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta read it again. Um, yeah, like, because um, Vera's work is just so, just lovely looking. And it's, um, when I looked back on it, it was really weird because I sort of um, remember it being in colour. And then I looked back and I was like, oh, it's like black. Well, it's it's got a tint of purple or blues. Right. But it's not coloured, like it's not full coloured, it's mainly just black and white and then a tint uh, for shadow and stuff. And I was like, oh man, like that just shows how strong the drawings were, mm. that it didn't it didn't need colour really. Like um, her line art is just really strong and um, defining um, and they're also simplistic mm. and like it's quite a cute style, um, which I also like. Um, I quite like the the cuter kind of uh, big eyes kind of look um, sure. when it comes to characters and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, there was something like about this comic, and it was something about like, oh, I could, I could do this. Not like as a career, but like something about reading it and how fast I read it, and then seeing how maybe maybe the fact it wasn't in color. Um, maybe think like, oh, that'd be really cool if I could do something like this, like one day. Um, 
so I think I think that would be the biggest like impact. Definitely. So it was, it was inspirational and aspirational. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In that respect. That's great. Fantastic. Um, and so uh, the the group round the fire then go on to ask, what's the most underrated comic? Yeah. So I had to. This this whole list was quite hard because I'm I'm I've moved to Ireland now, and I don't um I don't have any books with me, so. I couldn't just look at my bookshelf and go, oh, yeah, that one, that one. Like, they're all in Wales. So I had to really, like, think, like, oh, God, okay, what what do I own? Like, because I have yeah. a lot of graphic novels. So it was it was quite hard to think. Because, oh. you know, sometimes you just forget about ones you have. Yeah, totally. Especially underrated ones. Like, um, But I think one that it's – this is one of my favourite comics, but I don't think many people – know about it um and it might be because it's a european comic uh, i'm mm. not sure um but i picked it up from new york um in in yeah in a new york comic store so i don't even know if i've seen it that much in britain uh it probably they probably do sell it but um so it's uh, beauty um by oh here we go hang on another great foreign name for me to get mm-hmm. um Kara Oshta. Kara Oshta. Yeah, so um, that's actually um, a French couple. So they're the illustrators. Right. Uh, so Mary uh, Popipu, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm going to just butcher all these names. And uh, Sebastian Cosette. Uh, so they're the illustrators. And they've done loads of stuff that I really enjoy the look of. And it's written by, it's just credited as Hubert. So those are, the, those are the credits. Like, I guess the French like to be quite ominous about the authors. I'm not sure. Sure. Um, but it's a really, um, it's a really dark fairy tale. Um, so there was something, there was something about like the look of it that intrigued me. I'm not usually into that kind of, it's almost got like a really old, 19 sort of 40s uh black and white cartoon style mm. like that sort of really uh yeah that old kind of black and white early animation style to it where it's quite simplistic and like a bit wobbly looking like they're like the characters don't quite look like they've got solid joints or anything like that it's kind of like that style and I usually aren't not too into that but there was something about this that was like oh beauty like oh intriguing okay and when I looked into it I was like oh no this looks pretty pretty unique uh so it's about um Cody uh and she's this like sort of she's deemed a very like ugly uh like kind of like smells of fish um village girl and she unintentionally saves a fairy um so uh, the fairy is then like oh I will I will grant you a wish um, so she wishes to be beautiful. Um, this uh, this wish sort of backfires in a horrific way. Um, so so she the she makes her beautiful, but as in not physically, just perceptionally. So Cody doesn't actually know what she looks like, but everyone else sees her as this absolutely stunning woman. So when Cody looks in the mirror or sees a reflection of herself, she just sees herself. But when people now see her, they see this, like, the most beautiful woman they've ever seen. 
And this ends up being way more of a curse than a gift. Um, So it's basically like, you know, old fairy tales. They, you know, they always talk of the beautiful maiden. And, you know, just because this woman is beautiful, all these, you know, all these men will fight for her. And, you know, like, you know, the whole damsel in the stress sort of trope. Um, It sort of plays with that, like, oh, but, you know, what does, you know, what what price is there to pay for this? Um, So as soon as she goes back to the village, um, that's when she notices people go, oh, like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm Cody. And like, oh, my goodness, you're so, like, like, what happened? Like, you don't look anything like yourself. Um, and she even, like, I don't, I think her smell changes as well. Like, she doesn't smell a fish anymore. Well, and then, it helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then instantly the men in the village are magnetized to her. Right. So they just instantly start going, oh, like, just want to touch her. And, you know, basically sexual harassment just is basically just a switch. They just can't control themselves. Mm. So then she's saved by, like, a young lord. Um, and it's all just a roller coaster of a ride from there, really. Um, like, it just, it the story just escalates and escalates. Um, like, it wasn't the story I thought it was going to be, um, in a good way. Mm. Um and, you know, it's obviously it really explores the concept of beauty and what it means to have it and what it means to not have it, um, especially like in a time where, um, you know, women didn't have maybe political power. So, you know, what does it like if is the power just because someone but like what power is it to be beautiful? And is it really like power or is it like manipulation or mm. is it a curse or um, it's all this kind of yeah, it's just this exploration of this old sort of fairy tale trope of the beautiful maiden, um, or the queen, or you know the princess, and um, it's just how crazy the story gets. And because um, Cody as well, even um, like I really liked her character. Like at the beginning when she's deemed like ugly, she's kind of like froggish looking. She's a bit like droopy. Her hair's a bit greasy, and she's got giant eyes that are a bit bulgy and. Um, I think she's really cute, but like you know, mm. it's, it's deemed she is she is an ugly little little woman, um, and she, but she's still quite kind. Um, but then when she becomes beautiful, um, you know, stuff is just landed lands on her lap, and you know that starts to change her character. So that was quite interesting, showing how she changes, not just you know. Because people are treating her differently, she starts yeah. becoming different, and not just the way she looks. Because she hasn't really changed physically. Like, um, like when she looks in the mirror, she still doesn't know what she looks like. She doesn't know what other people see. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit of a weird thing that her whole identity that people are basing her off, she doesn't even know what it looks like. So it's just, just oh, there's so many like metaphors and. Um, stuff like that in it. and and insights into into that whole mm. um whole field of uh, psychology i guess um yeah that really sounds fascinating how long is it um it's like sort of a4 size um it's not a huge book um but you know each page fits quite a few panels in um mm. like you could probably get through it in one read like if you've got a good evening to yourself um it's in 
it's split in three uh, three issues. So the one I've got is like the the collect, you know, the all three collected on hardcover. Um, you can, I think, I'm pretty, yeah, you can buy it like on Amazon and stuff, but I just haven't seen it that much in like stores unless they're really specific like graphic novel stores like gosh or something in london mm. um and when i was also just looking up um like reviews to it just to rekindle my memory of like the story i just didn't really find that much but people were way more um they seem to know the later work which is beautiful darkness by the same people and that is also like a brilliant read um but i put beauty because it was less people seem to know that but um if people enjoy beautiful darkness which is a really again a really really dark fairy tale-esque um with like almost like thumbelina sized people it's right. a bad time start happening man but people <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's i just recommend i mean it's the apocalypse so might as well just embrace it yeah totally um <laughs> Go all ahead. but yeah beauty is just um it's one of my favorites and um, it's got a kind of good twist at the end as well. So, nice. yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fantastic. And so uh, the the group comes to one of the hardest questions, um, <laughs> which is for you, what's the best comic of all time? Yeah, so um, I kind of realised after I made this list, I didn't have that many women <laughs> on the list. Right. Uh, so I was like, oh, no, I've already... I've already said which one I'll do. Um, so I'll have, as as a royal runner-up, hopefully someone else will mention this one, um, but Jen Wang's um, Prince and the Dressmaker. Hopefully someone else will talk about that one because, yeah, that's also a really good one. I know um, Sarah Millman sort of briefly mentioned Jen Wang's uh, work yeah. as well, but hopefully someone else will go into that uh, in mm-hmm. a bit more detail because that also is a really, really good one. Uh, but I picked uh, Three Shadows uh, by, Cyr- <clears throat> by Cyril uh, Pedroza. Um, I don't know if you can get this book anymore, actually. Um, mm. Might be a bit of a hard find. Uh, but um, Cyril Pedro- uh, Pedroza, he's, um, he's worked for like Disney and stuff. So he's a, you know, he's a really good artist. Um, and... So he did this story um, about a family who just live happily in the woods. But then one day these three horsemen like just appear of nowhere. Um, and the parents just know that they're, they're there after their son. Um, so the father goes, basically goes on the run, takes his son away uh, to save him. Um, and it's just about a bit of like cat and mouse uh, about this father trying to save his son um and it's really really like there's some really like uh, magical is not the right word but mystical mm. uh parts in the story and it's it's all black and white as well like it's all done you know with um you know ink um and gray just, tones and things or no just not just even gray tones, hard, just not even gray tones just wow. and like it's just amazing how he even like he depicts fog somehow and he's pretty much just got black and white, like yeah, just full on. His yeah. yeah, his his brush technique is is just amazing, um, and yeah. So this the style is very unique as well. Like um, it's very European, 
um, as well, though. It's like there's just something about like like Spanish, Portuguese, France, like like they just they just got it, man. Like they just they don't they don't style. They just don't follow the cliche. Like they just got their own thing going, and it's just really refreshing. Um, like I can tell pretty much when I'm like, that's French, <laughs> like <laughs> definitely French. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. They got better funding over there or something. I don't know, but um, it's yeah, it's a really like like in the back of the book, it basically says um, what sacrifice are parents willing to make to save their child. So it's a very like heavy and like emotional and bittersweet story. Um, and it does it does you know tackle some of you know a parent's worst fear uh, basically. Um, so yeah, I keep recommending these really dark ones, but I guess they're the ones that I don't speak to me the most. <laughs> they they dare to go there. Um, yeah, and I think that's what makes this book stand out. Is you know it's covering a really hard subject, um, but I. But you know, it's a subject that's still digestible because it's it's covering it in this mystical, uh, fantasy esque uh, cover kind of thing. So, but it's still like the raw emotions are still there. Um, and the art is just like outstanding as well. Um, like the art alone was like when I was trying to think of best book, this this popped up just from the art. And then I just thought, I was trying to also think of what maybe people haven't have heard of before. Yeah. And I don't, like, I think a lot of animators know of this book because of uh, because of the artist. But I'm not sure about uh, the common comic sort of reader. Like, may, maybe yeah. graph, someone who's in, you know, full on to their um, graphic novels. But maybe someone who's a bit more into their issues, they, they might not have caught this one. Mm. Um. And it's really good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could read this if I had a kid. <laughs> so good luck there, <laughs> Yeah, I do, I, oh, my, uh, my daughter's now just over 20 months old. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finding some of the storylines of uh, like some comics that I used to read like very difficult just, yeah, to reread. Yeah, <laughs> there's some podcasts, like crime podcasts, and whenever there's like a crime with children involved, anyone who's got a kid, they're like, don't send me the link, I can't listen to it. And I'm like, no. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's too real so i'm just absorbing all the trauma before i have kids because then it's like oh well <laughs> it doesn't get ruined um i remember actually um my mum hated the lovely bones book right. um like my dad was reading it my auntie was reading it and they recommended it to my mum um and i was the same age as the character at the oh, time no. So I think the character's like 14 and I was also 14 and it gets to, it gets to the crime part and my mum apparently just threw the book across the room and she was just like angry at my dad. She's like, why did you recommend this book to me? <laughs> so, I mean, she might be able to read it now because like, you know, it's not as close to home in the sense that I'm not the same age as the character anymore. But at the time it was just too raw. Like she was, it was just too, too much association. So, um, yeah, that's like a different story, I guess. But I guess it's the same way. I just don't have that yet. No. Um, so, yeah, I just read all that stuff before. <laughs> yeah, before, <laughs> the before you get pop. kids and, and stuff. And then, then it's just ruined permanently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's a really, it's a yeah, because a lot of like you don't, there's nothing um, traumatic visually um, yeah. about Three Shadows. Like it doesn't, it doesn't go into that really like like oh let's just show you something traumatic. It's a lot more metaphorical um, and like like almost poetry esque about it. Um, so yeah, I think I think you would enjoy it, um, but it does come from like a really uh, raw place. Um, like uh, from doing research on it, um, I think it does say in the book as well. Um, he wrote this comic because he was witnessing his friend's um, child dying, so mm-hmm. he wanted to do yeah. So it's it's from it's literally from like a real place. So it's not necessarily a tribute, but it's you know he's depicting a story that a lot of the time people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's sort of a good way to, and he's not doing it in an exploitary way at all. Um, yeah. Like it's it's a really beautifully written story, and you know it's a story that's obviously maybe a lot of people don't want to hear. But well, sorry about that, folks. My my internet just decided to drop out just as Bryony was having a philosophical epiphany. Um, <laughs> Bryony, you were talking about uh, three shadows and and where it came from. <laughs> basically okay i'm scared to talk about it again in case it's just cursed and it's just like stop talking about it yeah maybe um but yeah it was it was basically um uh sadly inspired by um cyril pedroza witnessing uh his friends um sort of watching their child die uh so it comes from a really uh you know, sad, sort of morbid, like that's the worst thing like a parent could possibly uh, go through. So it's, I don't know if tribute's the right word, but it's, this piece was inspired, um, but it doesn't feel exploitary in any way at all. Like it's very, very beautiful. Um, So, but like, you know, I think knowing that it's come from somewhere real as well, just makes the book stronger um as well uh like no you know knowing that this is and it doesn't uh, because the book isn't um you know it's not gory or anything it's very poetic and it's um in its script and its writing and and visuals like um yeah it's just a really like almost in a weird way like a religious way but not like not organized religion just sort of a spiritual i guess Mm. um yeah, it's just, it was just really, in a weird way, uh, nice reading it. Like, obviously still sad, but just with the art as well. And I think, like, you know, the biggest theme of, of, of the whole thing is, like, acceptance and, like, moving on and, um, you know, all really, really hard things that, like, I, you know, everyone has to go through. But obviously the hardest is if it's under those circumstances. Um, and I just I hadn't read anything where it had gone through that before either. So it was also like a new thing for me to experience in the sense of, you know, reading um, a graphic novel. So, yeah, to me, that's the that's the greatest just because of the, I don't know, the the way the way it was constructed and the like just, just the book itself is actually a really, really nice thing to handle like the paper is really unique like it's a bit more textured 
Right. Uh, so it actually feels more like like an actual page that he's drawn directly onto rather than just a print as well. Even. Um, cool. And all the like the the sides. So when the book's closed, like all the side of um, the pages are all almost like torn, like ruffled, right. uh, rather than like a clean cut. Uh, typical book so it stands out anyway just when you're holding it with the with it closed mm. um so when you actually dive into it as well um yeah so that's i mean if anyone can get their hands on one um i really recommend it um if you can handle the subject matter but yeah <laughs> it's <Sure. laughs> it's it is it's yeah i mean it's not as horrific as habibi so otherwise <laughs> <laughs> i would have put it there <laughs> Fantastic, brilliant. Um, and so, unfortunately, um, what happens is that one night, um, the the group um, have decided that they're going to have to burn all of your comics but one. Um, okay. So, which one do you choose to keep? No, this is the thing. From the questions that I've got, like a lot of these, would I would quite easily burn. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the, the amount of volumes that are in Strangers in Paradise, I, I'm pretty sure that would sustain a fire for a few nights. Nice. Um, oh, which one would I keep? Because, um, hmm, I mean, Giant Days is really nostalgic and fun, mm. but I feel like if I was, if... Um, I would kind of maybe want something sad as well. Because um, I, I think if, if I was in the apocalypse, gi- Giant Days would probably just make me sad at like all the nitty gritty personal dramas the girls were having when I'm like, we're like, you know, <laughs> like living <laughs> Why can't in the I just go down the pub and have a pint or whatever? Yeah. So um, I, might, I might keep uh, beauty. Great. Because um, it's also set in medieval times, so I guess they also don't have to, you know, they don't they don't know what it's like to have a mobile phone. So um, <laughs> maybe sure. those times would be closer to the times I'll be living through, uh, minus the beautiful dresses and uh, and yeah, royal family members <laughs> proposing <laughs> to you and stuff. Um, yeah, I'd I'd probably keep beauty. Fantastic. Um, it's also one of the lightest ones to carry, so I'm also thinking it in a, a smart way. Good on the move traveling. as well. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, fantastic. Big but light. So al- along with beauty, um, you're allowed a weapon, tool or useful item. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, so mine is hope. Oh. <laughs> everyone's like what the fuck <laughs> bail but like i mean oh like weapon and all that stuff like i don't know i feel like unless we were fighting off bears or something like um again i'm being sickeningly optimistic <laughs> like to think something we'll sort needs of- to be somehow f- just forge our way you know maybe just eat some berries or something live a, a hard raw diet <laughs> I think <laughs> just yeah um I mean if you haven't got hope in the sense that half the planet has just been destroyed yeah you're probably not really going to make it that far no matter how many awesome weapons you have anyway 
So I'm going to say hope. Big dollop of hope. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, the biggest bag you can you can find. Bingo. We all need yeah. a bit more of that, don't we? Yeah, um, Fantastic. Well, Bryony Evans, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks. It was it was actually a, um like I had to do a bit of homework just yeah. coming up with this list as well. Um so that was kind of fun trying to revisit uh books through the years that I've read. Um and yeah, trying to categorize them as well was also like, oh yeah, which ones which ones made me scared or which ones mm-hmm. made me laugh or which ones underrated and so that was actually quite like, because, you know, it says a lot about a person, what their collection is. And then it says even more when they start picking ones they think is good. So, yeah, it's really interesting, especially like all the other guests you've got. Um, I just listened to Tony's okay. uh, today. Um, so, obviously, you know, he, he's picked stuff that obviously I wouldn't pick. Um, sure. Just because, yeah, I have totally different tastes. But that's really good, like, just to go through all the people and just see, like, the same question but like totally different answers is yeah, is really amazing everybody's had different answers there, yeah there, there, well, there have been there have been uh, giant days i think has come up a couple of times uh for the funniest um so, there but, you uh, go. But, I, but i think that's <laughs> the only consistent choice um all the others have been I think completely that just different. shows how many funny comics there are it's really hard to make a comic funny yeah um funny funny yeah. And I, I wanted to put Giant Days because I really do like Giant Days. Um, yeah. But the ones I was thinking of was just like more like Alex Norris with his, you know, his Oh No right. comics. I don't know. You should just look, just type in Oh No comics. And it's all the same punchline. It's just this little stick blob man going, Oh No. <laughs> and it, but for some reason, it still makes me laugh. It doesn't even, you even know what the punchline is going to be. And they're still right. funny. Um, That's what it but they're like, they're like three panels and so I think something when it comes to like little Twitter comic little panels they make me laugh more than like a com most and comics have comic, yeah yeah and yeah, I think yeah. it's because like you know there's something about the quick witty it's something about that yeah comics yes. being funny is I think really hard um on top of that like com- you know comedy is very subjective and you don't get the whole timing thing with comics as much either like it's really hard to get you know the timing because obviously the person's just reading it um but yeah so that one was hard but at the same time I was like it's got to be giant days just because mm-hmm. straight up yeah I just don't think I've got that much in my collection that that, that are funny comics either so It'll be interesting to see what other people say about that one, actually. Yeah, definitely. Other than Giant Days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and John uh, Allison is like, yeah. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we, we put everybody's answers on uh, on the Reddit uh, Reddit community. Um, so it'd be good to kind of see if there's any consistency there through the answers at all. Um, yeah, I'll have yeah. the... Um, I'll have all the correct spelling for all the authors' names that I have royally butchered, so that'll be uh, <laughs> that'll be much better. Oh yeah, sure. Just to Google everyone. Um, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, where, where for the for the last time, where can uh, listeners find you? Uh, so I'm most active on Twitter. Um, so you can f- find me at Flourishing Quirk, and it's flourishing without an O. 
because I like to be awkward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on there and through there that you can find like my Tumblr and Instagram and or um, on the Wine and Zine website uh, that I mentioned at the beginning. So uh, wineandzine.bigcartel.com. Um, there's like just a page on it about the artists and there's just all of us and it's got all our links like email, Twitter, um website like the whole shebang so that's a, like a nice little archive if if you want to go through all that kind of stuff as well fantastic great um and yeah all those links are in the show notes so uh, people can just click straight through there um well thanks again briny evans for your time this evening um and uh yeah i hope to see you at a con soon yeah um hopefully i'll do at least one this year um i'm kind of in ireland at the moment so um yeah hopefully uh maybe thought of like we'll we'll see how it goes but um yeah there'll be i I do miss cons like a few have already been and i've been like oh (laughs) yeah it's true believers was great oh i wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) hopefully next year yeah fingers crossed excellent well thanks again um and hopefully see you soon yeah thank you very much and uh yeah this was really fun fantastic take care bye bye thanks again to bryony for being on comics for the apocalypse i had a whale of a time If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that I've done a good job, but I believe that it makes others aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Bryony's work or follow her on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.